Hello, it's Natalia Lloyd and welcome to my podcast, Beehive Household. As part of my interior design business, my first chat with my clients is a deep dive into their lifestyle and daily routines to be able to understand how they use their homes. And this is where the idea for this podcast came from. So subscribe and listen to find out about the daily routines of my extraordinary guests, their mindset, their choice of interiors, but most importantly, how their life at home sustains their success and much, much more. In this episode, I chat to a very talented designer, Miles Hartwell. Miles has over 20 years of experience working in furniture design studios in the UK and the US, and he co-founded his cultural design company Splinterworks with his business partner Matt Withenden, which recently celebrated 11 years. Yeah, true. There you go. Yeah. Their creations redefine familiar objects and turn them into true sculptural pieces of art and have been featured in magazines and TV programs. Amongst their stunning creations is their iconic hammock bath, hammocker, which <laughs> is being installed in luxury hotels and billionaires' homes all over the world. The specification made for Vinavik Hotel in Chile was named the most luxurious bathroom in the world by Condé Nast Traveler, one of the 10 most beautiful bathrooms by Architectural Digest. Wow. Other Splinterworks products like the stainless steel pool slide, the dime cabinet, the stiletto desk, and the bodice rocker have gained incredible level of interest. Today, I'm in Miles's house in Bath. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> to hear his success story and see what his day-to-day -day life is like. So, mm -hmm. Miles, welcome wow. to the Beehive household. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. So, considering that one of your most iconic creations is a bathtub. Living in bath is very appropriate, <laughs> yeah. pun intended. Yeah, yeah, I often have to say that to, to people when they're replying. They say, where are you? And I say, well, we're, we're in a town called Bath in England. And they're like, really? Because <laughs> of course, yeah, not everyone understands that uh, obviously the name, the town came before. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. And for the benefit of our listeners and those who have not seen the hammocker, mm. It's a carbon fiber bath that hangs suspended in mid-air and shaped like a hammock. Yeah, sure, yeah. Gorgeous. Well, so, and, and you've mentioned to me off record that you've only moved to bath, um, no, you've moved to this house a year and a half ago. This house a year and a year and a half ago. We lived in bath, uh, we've lived here for six years, uh, but my mm -hmm. wife grew up here. So we moved back, right. we lived in Hampshire before, and we've moved back here to sort of be, in a town and have all the things that a town offers. Uh, you know, and obviously, Natalie grew up here, but it's also it's a great town to live in. And we're uh, close to Bristol, which has got loads going on. If, if there's sort of I don't know, yeah. from I know, music or culture that doesn't come into Bath, then you'll probably find it hits Bristol. So, uh, and we're very close. Quite convenient. So it's like 10 minutes. And yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. And we're close to London. So, we are, I'm in and out of London a reasonable amount. Um, Mm. pre-corona uh sort of be there yep. every couple of weeks and that's only an hour and a half so that's yeah 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 that's absolutely so has the proximity to the roman bath inspired <laughs> you and how to use the traditional bath as an object that you wanted to redefine um i'd love to be able to sort of weave uh something that that for you but no yeah i'm afraid <laughs> i can't uh i can't say that that has any bearing on it at all so the the hammock bath uh uh, I'll give you the short version. We were we were approached 
several years ago now by a company that made uh, carbon fibre components for racing cars, the Formula One specifically. Uh, which, which one is, was it? Uh, Can you say? What the which, name? Yeah. The name of the company. Yeah. Uh, probably best not to. But it was um, the fact is that because they make stuff for different teams in Formula One, uh -huh. it's quite it's sort of difficult to get into that. But it's um, uh, that industry is incredibly sort of uh, peaky. So it's up and down. So like there'll be no work at all, and then suddenly you get a phone call from. You know, testing, and they'll say, right, we need a completely new rear wing for the car, and we need it here in 10 hours or something. Yeah. And so they have this incredible skill set of people and a lot of machinery uh, that works very hard for short periods of time, it's for short bursts, and then it sits idle. And so they wanted some things that they could make in the downtime. And they asked us to come up with some ideas, and we were there with them, and they were showing us, I mean, we didn't really know much about carbon fiber before that, but they were showing us, you know, teaching us about it and what you can do with it and we were basically playing around with this cloth because in its raw form it is a cloth it's like a, just a woven fabric right. um and is the that when you, when you when you fall in love with the material well it's just amazing what you can do with it mm -hmm. really and i think all at the time it was uh, being very much used for its uh, properties of strength and lightness in terms of weight um but we were really as in the way Matt and I often work together, we were just looking at sort of different things you could do with it. And the conversation went something like, One, what's, think of something that's kind of made of fabric that would be really cool if it was solid. Yeah. A hammock. hammock. Yeah, hammock, hammock, a bath, a bath hammock, hammock bath. And it was, it was probably that just quick. Like that. And so, yeah, we came up with that idea in moments. Mm. And it took about, yeah, two years to get to the point <laughs> where, we, certainly where we actually had a uh, working prototype. So, yeah, I'm giving you wow. the very abridged version, but that's, um, yeah, it's got yeah. nothing to do with Rome baths nothing in Bath. To do. Oh. Um, and more, um, yeah, it was a labour of, uh, of love, really. Uh, it cost us a lot more than we ever possibly anticipated. Right, And right, took a lot right. longer than we ever thought it would, but... Yeah, well, it, le it leads me to um, kind of like my ne next question, actually, because um, as it usually often happens, Hamaka became this overnight success mm. once the pictures were posted on social media. But what was your personal story leading up to that? So mm. um, I know that, um, and you mentioned now, there was a lot of money poured into um, the design and um, actually manifesting mm. the design. Um, what, what's the what's the story behind closed doors of yours and perhaps Matt's? What, what was the feeling back then? Did you know that it will be? Did you have a feeling it will be a success or was it? Yeah, it's an interesting one actually because um, I think the way that Matt and I work together is that we are actually quite different people and we sort of lead our um, we sort of approach things with with different perspectives, which actually sometimes can be frustrating, but actually it works so well because when we actually know when we both are kind of aligned with something that the, the story behind it in terms of the, the sort of behind the scenes is that you know, at that time you know Sprintworks was a, a, a lot a much smaller younger company we were working out of a, you know Matt and I were working out of a small room in my house right you know, and the desks were made out of old doors turned upside down and you know we had you know, no space and that's, that's 11 just, years ago well it was probably more probably more like eight or nine years ago when was it, it would have been around 2012 yes yeah, so eight years ago mm, yeah, mm. yeah quite a while so um 
you know, things were very different. We were kind of at that point, uh, we were uh, relatively, you know, relatively young family. We're trying to sort of grow the business, grow the family, and yeah. you know, it's a lot of pressure, and we had sort of issues with, you know, like uh, parents and stuff like that. But it was all, um, yeah. That 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 time was very different to now, I think. So. Right, and um, you would have met your wife Natalie by then. Oh sure, yeah, no, we met at university, so we've known each other right. since we were like nineteen. Oh right, I see. So she was there all along for the journey. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sort of uh, sweethearts from a young age. So yeah, that's um, that's amazing. Yeah, and um, you know, whilst it all being you um, having all those amazing ideas and trying to. Um, become a success and break into the design world. Um, has it had impact on your relationships um, with Natalie as well as your wow. parents? <laughs> what a question! Um, yeah, uh, gosh, I mean, what doesn't? I mean, I think, I think, yeah. How do you not bring your work home at times? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just that's just something you have to deal with. I think when you're trying to set up a business, um, gosh, yeah. I mean, I, it. It's just something that's so intertwined. You almost can't un un unravel that and unpick it. It's uh, yeah, she's been incredibly supportive to me, and has been a, 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 a good kind of sounding board for lots of things. Um, yeah, you know, we've had plenty of good times with the business. You know, and I won't lie. There's obviously been times when things have been difficult. I mean, we set up in yeah September two thousand and nine. The right. world economy was. Falling around our ears, Not in the best ways. you know exactly, and uh, so to pretend it was easy would be uh, uh, just an utter lie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> enough, yeah. uh, so um, you know, we we work very hard, um, well, we still work hard now. But in the in the early days, it was you know, we had no portfolio, we had no clients, we had to build everything from scratch, and we had you know, no money to make things. So we had to get clients in order to make things to build a portfolio to show. That's right. work and uh, trying to get people to. Um, I'm going to sort of backstep a little bit actually because back in the early noughties was there was a it's a, it's a phrase you don't hear very often now but um, design art was a thing mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um, with artists and people like Wendell Castle, Ron Arrow, Thomas Heatherbeck to a certain experience at a certain extent and yeah. you know, Sebastian Brakovich, people like that doing. Uh, incredible work and artwork with furniture that Matt and I just absolutely loved and we just thought was mm. so incredible and at the time we were working for um, a very influential person in my life uh, called Johnny Gray who's a quite um, distinguished kitchen designer yeah. and uh, we, Matt and I were both working there at the time we started to sort of incorporate some of those ideas about how you can bring sculpture into usable objects into kitchens. And right. it's quite hard to imagine that without sort of photographs, but you, you're really trying to sort of, it's the, it's the absolute opposite. If you've got like kind of modern white boxes here, come as far away as you possibly can. I mean, to, to a point where you're making kitchen islands out of twisted metal that is kind of beaten into shape by people who normally uh, build car bodies for classic mm. Aston Martins and things like that. You know, it was really fun, really different, um, and uh, that was really kind of what got us going and on this path. But uh, like I said, that was in the early noughties. Then when things started sort of, you know, shortly after Lehman Brothers crashed and everything started to come down, yeah. the house of cards was falling, people mm. were perhaps not so willing to uh, 
um, take chances on things like both in terms of design, but also in terms of money. So yeah, it was it, a luxury. It was a total luxury, but it was also yeah. Um, but even if you had the money and the inclination to to do something really adventurous with furniture or your kitchen at home. Would you have given that job to two guys who just set up a business yeah, right, last month? Right. Probably not. And, right. and so we struggle with that quite a bit. But um, you know, a lot of those those clients were uh, we, you know, we fought hard and were very passionate, you know, to earn those clients, and we sort of fought hard to keep them once we had them. And I think that's something that sort of remains in the culture of the company now. So I think we sort mm. of treat all of our, our our customers with sort of great appreciation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. you you and you mentioned um vandal castle mm. um because <laughs> yeah he's he's um, he's now um he's passed, passed away, away a yeah. couple of years ago yeah but um when his works um appeared in galleries oh. back mm. in the days i think um one of the um main <clears throat> criticisms were that um the visual um overrides functionality mm. Yeah, um, that was the idea. <laughs> what, yeah, well, exactly. But what about your designs? Mm. Are they, because they are stunning visually, mm. what about functionality? Because I think for you, that was important element to keep mm. it functional and actually um, usable, user-friendly. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not making pure art. This is not decorative art. This is, this is very much functional sculpture. It's usable art. It's, it's, it doesn't have to always be kind of grand yeah it doesn't have to be wacky it could just yeah. you just you know, sculpture can be defined in many ways because sometimes you can do, it can just be like a witty take on something so for example one of our most popular pieces is a is a table that has a stiletto, a, a stiletto heel yeah. for a leg is it sculpture is it art hard to say but is it sculptural yes is it slightly witty does it make you look at a table in a way that you think why does a table have to have Four legs, one in each corner, that all look the same. You know, why? Who says that? That's right. And and so, I mean, that actually came around from a very specific uh, client that actually you know, we we were doing a, a um, we're looking at doing some bedroom furniture for a, a lady, and we were kind of were with her in her house, looking around, you know, taking a brief, getting to know her. There must and, have been uh, some libertine well, shoes. Well, there was there was quite a shoe collection, right. and at that point, we it kind of got the conversation going about her dressing table, and yeah, and that's it's, it's because from I think one of your original designs is the um, kind of like the sole that still at a shoe table is mm, actually red, it. yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so yeah. It, it may be. Oh, I see. No, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You've been very reluctant to kind of uh, put a name to where that influence come from. I did. It. I of, just did it. There you go. <laughs> you did it. Ta -da. <laughs> Edit. I just did it. Of course, there's nothing yeah. to do with that, but it's, um, it, there's, there's obviously a connotation of that, and any shoe lover would, yeah. would think of that. I think you can kind of pay homage without ripping someone off, can't you? So you can kind of, in the same way, like a film director can kind of pay their respects and give a nod to another film or another director by just incorporating like a little line or a little little scene or a sort of change of exactly. camera angle in a movie and it's, it's, exactly. it's a long and, and, and um, I'm pretty sure they were only able to um, pattern a specific shade of red yeah. which you did not use <laughs> for furniture it's all fine yes <laughs> yeah. and, and not for furniture yeah, exactly. there you go so yeah. you're all safe um, no fair enough and um, um, and so coming back to the hammock bath as well so mm. It um, was also featured on BBC Grand Designs. Mm. 
And um, so that was in the shipping container house episode. Mm. And there you and Matt made your first hammocker in white. That's true. Didn't yeah, you? Yeah. For, the, for the architect yeah. of the house, Patrick Bradley. Yeah. And it looks phenomenal. And the views in that house are just completely breathtaking. Mm. And that's exactly the intention mm. is to put the sculpture, to put that piece mm. and combine it with a with with view. But um, when Kevin MacLeod, the presenter mm. of, the, of um, Grand Designs, saw the hammock bath, he <laughs> obviously, you know where I'm heading, yeah, so yeah. he obviously was impressed with, uh, you know, unexpected um, shapes, mm. but he also described it as being uncomfortable and a mistake. Yeah. So did you get in touch with him to get round and to try it out they bought to get into yeah, the yeah, to actually to, get into to actually it. prove yeah, yeah. that it's um, yeah, it's yeah. comfortable and it's um, well you functional. know the hammock bath has been something that divides opinion quite cleanly down the middle and i have no problem with that i'm completely at peace with that yeah, yeah. we often get pulled up on every now and again we'll get some feature about it on reddit or something and it will get pulled into mainstream media and you should you know the 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 the, the the content that gets put up, shall we say, right. is, is quite polarized and quite vitriolic at times. But you know, the people who actually appreciate it and like it yeah. understand the meaning behind it. They understand that there's a kind of, uh, and it, it is slightly sculptural, but it's also just that kind of way that you've combined two symbols of relaxation and sort of put them into one piece that is quite clever. You know, so bathing and hammocks have that mm -hmm. symbiotic kind of relationship between relaxation and sanctuary. And it's quite nice to have that in one piece. And I think those people, you know, it makes them smile every time they go into the bathroom. And, yeah. that, and the, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, the fact that it is actually also extremely comfortable is only something you'll ever know if you get in one. So, so have you tried it out? Of course. Yeah. Oh, wow. The thing is, like, um, most bathtubs have a flat bottom mm -hmm. and then a steep back. That's right. Uncomfortable. Like, who, Full stop. Who, 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 why? Who thought of that? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. need for it. You know, the, the shape of um, the hammock bath, it's a, it's a pure curve. And so actually, because you're so used to that normal position of a bath, it feels a little strange when you first get in it because mm. your feet are kind of up, up. high. Yeah, yeah. Your feet are level with your shoulders, mm. but that takes about two minutes to get used to. And then you'll just realize how well supported you are for your whole spine, to your shoulders, your neck, the whole thing. Yeah. It's just very supportive, very comfortable. Um, one of our clients who's um, uh, uh, reasonably well known because she's um, married to um, the uh, lead singer from a, a, a heavy metal band called Slayer. Yes, so right. she's um, she, she's quite funny. She's quite um, active on social media and stuff. And she uh, recently moved house, and because uh, she loves her hammock bath so much, that once they moved house, she, she took it, it with her. Yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's not the cheapest piece of uh, furniture, well, sure, so you take yeah, it with you. Sure. Um, yeah, and it, but it, it is that, but it's also part that she loves it. She's attached yeah. to it, and it's something that she's sort of it's 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 her piece. She has a relationship with it. She has a history with it, and it's actually quite funny because she put something up on her Instagram account, I think, recently, and yeah, someone, some naysayer, said something negative about it. Like, oh, you know, I've always wondered how you get in a, into that one of those things or whatever. And she replied to say, "Ha." Huh, Getting in is not the problem. It's the fact that I can never get out. 
You never, oh, she, <laughs> okay, I never want. I never want to get out. Is the problem <laughs> not getting in or something like that? It's just kind of. I don't get the question. How do you get in? Mm. Just exactly the same way as yeah. you get into normal bath. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's slightly higher, but I think it's very vis- visibly curved yeah. um, for you to get in comfortably. Yeah. Uh, I think you know what it is. It's the people. Don't know I don't think people underst- don't understand that the, the the bottom of their bath is off the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. there's. Mm-hmm. There's no bathtub that's actually sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, there may be, but like very few of them sit on the floor. So it's just that now there's no side on it. So you can see that it's not touching the floor. So yeah. what, I don't know why that causes problems in the human mind. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I know that uh, to, to clarify that, you put up a video <coughs> on your website. Yeah. To yeah. like, guys, we'll have, have a look. Show. It's very straightforward. Yeah. So this is, this is when exactly. you, how you do it, just like a normal bathroom. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's no extra equipment that has no, to be no. delivered. For I mean, in fairness, in sort of in these sort of interests of full transparency, you know, the, the, there's there's no flat spot in the bottom of the bath, so it's it is a complete curve in absolutely every direction. So, I think that's probably where it comes from because I think people. But of course, you just step into the middle. That's how you because in the very middle of the bath, oh, I see okay. where all the curves sense. meet. It's flat, yeah. um, so. I wouldn't recommend the bath to someone who was kind of infirm or very elderly or kind of yeah you know, that that just wouldn't be fair because it probably they might love the look of it. But it, Katie, yeah, but yeah, 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 it's not as easy to get into as like a yeah as a, a bath with a hand that's got handles and high sides and there's yeah, all yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and I've got a bottom with like a flat grippy bottom. No, it's not like that. So. Yeah, right, right, um, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, it. It's fine, but it's not for everyone. It's not supposed to be for everyone. It's not for everyone, exactly, exactly. Um, Take it or leave it. And um, uh, to mention the next big creation, Mm. marine grade polished stainless steel pool slide. Yeah. And you said um, it was like a second hard album. Um, (laughs) Was it a hard act to follow because the first one was so good? Okay, that's funny. I don't remember saying that, but... um, (laughs) That was in one of the articles. Okay. Yes, so the hammock bath was a was a bit of a roaring success, and then and it was a kind of a gear change for the company. And so when we when that was launched, we did start to get into briefs for projects that perhaps we may not have done before. And then there was this this uh, opportunity to design a pool slide because lots of people who have spent a lot of time and effort and money making beautiful pool areas will have kids or grandkids and mm. those kids want to play on something but because they have these beautiful pool areas that they've worked so hard to create they don't want to put plastic, like a colorful yeah i mean what you'd say to anyone pool you know mental picture what do you think of pool slide I and mean, most people will conjure up some kind of blue plastic yeah sort of monstrosity yeah um and being rude about other people's pool size, I shouldn't stop. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> um, well, it, but, it is all very kind of like cartoonish and entertaining for kids, and it's all good and fun. But when you look at it from a designer perspective or architectural perspective, mm. um, you want it to be in line with the rest of your yeah. Um, because you can put away, you know, you could, the, 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 the the inflatable unicorn mm. can be put away at the end of the day. That's so right. when your friends come round for an aperitif by the pool, yeah. You doesn't have there doesn't have to be kind of kids detritus everywhere. That's it right. can it, it can be clean and tidy, but a pool slide can't be. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, we were yeah uh, 
asked to sort of come up with some ideas for something. And, and it, again, it was a bit like the bath. I mean, the, the ideas came quickly. It just took a long time to develop. And, and it was through that development we realised why all other pool slides are blue plastic and look like that. Because, because there's a, well, there's, you know, in the US, the, the safety regulations, yeah. I mean, I can't remember how many pages it is, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long read. Yeah, and the EU has the same. And so if you, um, yeah, and a lot of the guidance is very, very, very sensible. Yeah, it's for keeping people safe. Yeah. But if you just follow it and, and literally were drawing something out as you read through the guidance, <laughs> at the end of it, if you looked up at what you'd drawn, it would You're be the blue plastic. <laughs> and so trying to, trying to sort of squeeze those rules into um, a sculptural shape. Or is it all the way around? We're trying to squeeze a sculpture shape into those rules. I don't know, but it, it's it's challenging. It's interchangeable. It's very challenging, yeah, and it, it took a long time. But we've we we've, we've done it. We've got a house style, um, and that's probably the biggest part of our business. You know, as as we sit and talk today, that's it, it's yeah, it's um, it's an incredibly successful thing because there are the 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 bathtubs and the furniture are great, but there's there's lots of furniture companies. There are lots of bathtub companies. Huge competition. Yeah, yeah. huge competition. Yeah. And everyone needs these things. Whereas for pool slides, there's a couple of other companies out there, but they don't do anything like what we do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you find us and you have the means, then you, there's, there's nowhere else really to look at. So that doesn't mean we, yeah. we, we, we win every job we pitch for, but it, no. but it, but it, it just, Means that you're through the gates. You're into. You have a better opportunity. You are unique. Yeah. So exactly. that's that's ultimately your at the moment. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, I think they tick a lot of boxes for for people. The aim of this podcast is actually, um, you know, to look at the um, homework. But, but mm. I had to start this conversation sure. uh, to talk about the <laughs> your iconic pieces because um, if um, well, providing um, my interior design clients mm. budgets permitting, mm. um, I will definitely use one of your pieces. Cool. Um, and and mentioning budget here, as these are um, you know truly truly luxurious mm. items, and the price tag for Hamaka is over mm. twenty three thousand pounds, including that. Yes, including that. Mm. Yes. That's important. <laughs> and for the pool slides, price ranges from forty five thousand pounds up to one hundred fifty. Two thousand pounds, mm. unbelievable! And well, there's no limit, really. There's no limit. There's, yeah, <laughs> they, can... no, they're, they're, I mean, we're limited on size due to some of the sort of safety regulations, but um, you know, there's. So we should say starting from forty. Starting from, 000, I think, would be a safe thing to say. Let's not one hundred fifty-five, yeah. but just yeah. to give an idea how you know how how far and how yeah. expensive you can go. Well, they're um, hand, they're all handmade items, so like, we don't have like a machine, you know, pumping out. Pool slides, slides somewhere yeah. and a warehouse full of them that we're sort of selling there. Each one is a bespoke item made for each individual client. So the mm. process involves, again, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, in fact, it's quite easy, really, but it's just it, we need to learn a little bit about you, your, your, your lifestyle, your family, your, the pool area, and then we'll, we'll tailor something mm-hmm. to suit your own. And then we made bespoke by hand for you. And it takes months. Amazing. So um, we are sitting now in your house that mm-hmm. you've um, you've been living in for the last year and a half. Year and a half. You said yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a very beautiful house <laughs> with a fantastic view, I must say, in, mm. in the center of Bath, and um, very quirky little things everywhere. <laughs> in every corner, you just uh, there's something for your eye 
to, to, to kind of hold on to and to catch. Oh, um, have you got yeah. any splinter works pieces in here? Not in this room. Not in this. No, no. Or in the um, house? Have you got in the house? Uh, I've got a I've got a, a a wash basin upstairs, and I've got we've got some pieces we've made over the years. But um, our splinter works things tend to be um, just they're just too high value for me. Good answer. Yeah, and it's not that. It, it's for no other reason than that, really. It's just, yeah, I, w I would love to have some of those things. And I, and I, you know, one of the plans is upstairs is to sort of change some things around in the future and, and have a nice big ensuite with a hammock bath in it. Um, but nice. that is a little way away, uh, I think. But uh, yeah, no, I, think, I mean, the kitchen that we're sitting in now is, you know, I guess this is probably the closest thing we could get to. I mean, it's, it's not technically a splinterworks piece, but it was designed by me and made by one of the guys in our workshop and uh you know it's a little bit different yeah, it's, yeah. so again it's kind of who says that the the kitchen units have to line up with the walls you know That's right. why can't yeah. you have everything at angles and um you know i really love that it, it kind of moves the eye around the room when you come down and there's lots of very practical reasons behind it as well so you know to do with like creating pinch points to just kind of try and encourage people to sort of move around the space without congesting up areas where you're perhaps trying to cook, you know, which is why it opens out here in the middle and it's tighter there. And there's, there's a very specific reason that the hobs on the island are so looking mm -hmm. out into the room so that mm -hmm. when you're preparing a meal, you're actually- Enjoying the view as well. And you're, it's not, it is, it's the view, but it's also creating opportunity for eye contact with people in the room. So yeah, if you're- if you're someone's cooking and you were sitting here with a glass of wine, then you're yeah. not actually facing the walls. You know, actually, right. it's, it's it's social interaction. And they extract it. Very unusual. Yeah. yeah, love it. Well, this is kind of one of those things. That, is in the same way with the um, with the hammock bath. One of the things that's lovely about the bathtub is that it allows light to come through underneath it in a way that perhaps people don't really realise when they walk into a room. Um, but the movement of lights around the space is is really really important, and it helps um, make the space feel bigger and Again, with this extractor, I love the fact that it doesn't touch the ceiling. It, it, you know, again, because it's not a big block in the room, you can see around it. This island here is, is off the floor. And sometimes in the evening, oh, right. we get yes. a lovely uh, sort of evening sun comes through there and you get this lovely wash of light that comes out all under the floor through here. And it, and it really... Beautiful. It, it really works in that, in that respect, of sort of moving light around the room. So, yeah. It's, it's it's different and it's uh, it's got your touch and, you know that architectural <laughs> thought that went into it is um, it's, it's a really interesting point you make that with the architectural thought because this room used to be six different rooms and if you look up you can get a sort oh, wow. of some sense of that from the number of beams that are in the ceiling but um yeah it wow. was um it was a whole collection of different spaces and, and actually when i when we when we were buying the house, I was saying to my wife that <laughs> we can do this, we can do that, and you know, we can move this around. I'm trying to explain to her on a sketch pad yeah. what this space could be. And of course, for her well, and the builder, in fairness, they were looking at me like, really? <laughs> and then um, I was trying to explain how, again how we're going to get the views, how we're going to get the light, uh, how we're going to open up this space. And um, and uh, what, one of the things I sort of say that I, I find really um, 
special about having done this is the first time I've done like a really big project for myself. Mm. And it's very easy as a designer to kind of go, and you'll appreciate this, but go into a client's house and, and you kind of come up with these architectural ideas, concepts yeah. and ideas for them. Mm. Like, let's, we'll put a wall there, we'll, we'll move that, we'll put a window through there, let's open that up. And, and they're, they're kind of looking at you like, and they, they almost have to like, they feel like they're in your hands a little bit. And it's not until yeah. you do it for yourself. I mean, I remember vividly standing here, um, in kind of April time last year, yeah, and there was no ceiling, no floor, no doors there. There's a little um, bunny in a garden. A little bunny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have rabbits. They. they oh, you have a rabbit. Oh, we've got rabbit. two. Yeah, they just they they live out there. Oh, yeah. how cute! Yeah. I thought it's a wild one that came oh, through. That would be very special, is, wouldn't it? I know. That's yeah, why yeah. I thought they'll point it out, just in case you don't know you've got no, rabbits. No, no, I'm well aware. We've got two. There's a grey one and a black one. Which one can rabbit. you see? Grey one. The grey one, yeah. So there's a, there's, she's a, a little rabbit and there's a, a slightly bigger and more dopey black one somewhere. <laughs> They're very cute actually. So they live in the garage there, um, but they let, they're let out in the day and they, they roam free in the garden all day. Right. They're very well trained actually. Well, they were, pets. yeah, they are. They, they, they were, they've originally got for the children um, and the children, they are still the children's rabbits, but Truth be told, you know they they um, they're Natalie's rabbits, really. They, yeah. she, she, in terms of looking up, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Natalie kind of spends a lot of time in the garden, doing gardening, and trying to keep prevent the rabbits from eating her plants and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's that's yeah, what that, it happens. Mm. Um, so in terms of the interior design style here, mm. did you have one like what, what what did you want to create? Was it it's quite. Um, open space, kind of modern, contemporary. Um, yeah, I mean, mixed. we. I've been going back. I've been, yeah, I mean, I, I've, ever since working with Johnny Gray, right through from the early sort of um, well, late nineties, in fact, actually, in early early thousands, we always preached to our clients a, a, a sort of narrative about how you should have you know, have open plans, I think, not just a kitchen diner. This is, it's about making a living room in which you can cook, not, not a kitchen where you can, in which you can sit. It was, again, this was actually the first time that we've had the opportunity to actually practice what we preach and actually, and, and do that. So I was very keen when we were moving house to, to get somewhere where we had the opportunity to make an open plan living space. And this is our living space. This is where we spend a lot of time with the family. Um, and you know, it's quiet now because we've asked everyone to, <laughs> to leave us alone. But normally, I know. yeah, yes. normally it's, it's it's full of it's full of life. Full of here, life, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, so obviously now during the Corona time, you've got mm. a studio here. But have you always had that studio uh, for you to work or? Not really. Not no, really. No, no. I've been. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm previous to to Corona. I was a classic sort of working at the kitchen table a little bit here and there. Um, would have, it's not that I wouldn't have wanted one, it's just we've never had the space. And we kind of do now. When, when we, pre-corona, the, the room that I'm in, in now was actually our art room. And that sounds very highfalutin, but it was, right. you know, uh, in recent years, well, my youngest daughter got very into art from, from a quite a young age. And then uh, I started to kind of find that it was a really nice way to spend time together. So I would go and do art with her. So a classic thing might be on holiday. We'd, she would, we'd just go off together and sit with some sketchbooks and draw the beach or the town or whatever. And, and um, it was such a lovely thing to do. And I started to get back into it. I mean, I had, you know, I've been doing design for so long 
Yeah. That I hadn't really just done like art and since school, and it was such a lovely thing to do. And I just realised that this uh, the power it can have for your not only your relationship with your child, but just the way you look at the world and your mental space and just all that downtime, just to, what what it can be, what it can do for you to actually do some art. And so yeah, when we moved here, we're like right, we're having an art room. We're, we're having a space where we can leave stuff out, make a mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, gonna, I hope to get that back, but at the moment it's an office, unfortunately. I see. I'll, I'll, if you allow me, I'll have a look at <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, massive yeah. space. Yeah. I'm quite curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're right, it's, uh, it's almost like connecting to your um, like inner child in a way when you're bonding with your daughter, mm. you know, on something that is artistic, which is close to one of your talents. And yeah. So um, coming back to your mm. daily routine. Sorry, yeah, pre, um, no, that's all, that's all quite <laughs> interesting stuff. Um, but on your day-to-day routine, um, so obviously um, now we're in a very different time, but um, and hopefully it's not going to be for too long where mm. we are in this uh, mm. state of limbo, but who knows, it, 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 it definitely um, it, it may not run back to the way it was ever, mm. so we're, we're making changes, but what is your typical day like, mm. um, working day? Um, are you a morning person or are you an evening person? Uh, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm, I get my energy in the morning, so I tend to uh, get up, I'm very lucky to sort of, I normally wake up feeling quite refreshed and ready to go, so I normally will sort of get up and come down here, make some coffee, right. know, go and sit and have a you know, sort of coffee and a chat with my wife, and then I'll get up and just sort of, I just tend to sort of come down and start working. I did go through a, a good phase of being able to, um, get myself to go out and walk to work you know metaphorically just leave the house and walk around the block yeah. and come back and then sit down and work but that unfortunately seems to have slipped a little bit if I'm honest um but uh it's a good idea yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like to um to keep it normal what we used to think of normal to be yeah and it's, again, it is a bit of a walk well, exactly that. and it is it's that fresh air isn't it as well so i think mm. it's I'm trying to sort of create some separation i think between your home life and your work life mm. it was i never struggled with it too much before but there is that there's that lovely sense i used to start a 15 minute walk into the office in town every morning but that's just enough to kind of when, you, when you're walking home you can just kind of get things through yes, your mind that needs to be got through. So when you come through the door, you can be the person you want to be at home. Um, mm-hmm. And I think probably something that I'm sure a lot of people will identify with now is that it's not so much that you're working from home. It feels sometimes like you're living at work. You know? That's right. And you're, it's very hard to put it down. So yeah. um, this is where things like hobbies and hockey and other things that I do, like table tennis or whatever, or, back, you know, yeah. come in and you know, recently taken off a bit of yoga and stuff like that. It's it's the, the stopping myself from working. That's right. I, don't, I don't have a problem starting. It's it's the stopping that's the difficult one. It's quite nice actually. Nat's mum is um, is French and uh, she's been with us for nearly a month now. Um, and it's quite nice when she's around because you know, in that French kind of way, you know, meal times are meal times, and so lunch is a is a meal. You don't, you don't sit at your desk. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you don't sit at your desk and work through lunch, and we all sit down, we come down, we sit together, and we have lunch, and that's lovely. You know, and, um, yeah, it's almost like a ceremonial yeah. way of um, yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm into that. It's great, and 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 so we always I always try and sort of finish for, even when I was working in town, we'd kind of come and get home for tea together with the family because I think that's really important. So meal times together. And um, obviously the. Um, you know, it, it's, it's life and um, 
there are ups and downs and um, and the subject that's being um, talked a lot about now is the mental health mm. um, so when it comes to mental support um, whether it's you know too good of a things happening to you and you just go wildly happy but then it's like too overwhelming or they have something it's not happening the way you want to mm. you want it to be and it's, it's, it's quite a low time what are your go-to techniques mm. is there anything that you um, kind of identify or you just take it in and cope and mm. just move on how is there um i think getting out of the house is quite good <laughs> yes. just even just going for a little walk um and you mentioned you picked up yoga is that yeah that's part a of very the... new thing i mean really new as in like in the last month in fact i think we've been doing it a month today it's um uh must be something i've been wanting to do for years it's just actually a really good friend of ours kind of finally encouraged us to actually get on and do it right um but i don't know i'm 44 i kind of often feel like it's just a bit like creaky and achy these days and i just want to be more flexible i don't really yeah. care about you know <laughs> being strong or aspiring to have a six pack or anything anymore. I just just don't want to hurt in the morning, you know, and, and things like when you play hockey, you know, play hockey on a Saturday and I'll still be paying for that on a Wednesday because yeah. it's just, it's just painful. But you know, when people say, oh yeah, what did you, what did you learn to do in lockdown? Did you learn to kind of play the guitar or yes. you know, what new skills what did you yours? get yourself? Yeah. Um, Completely unintentionally, um, one thing I learned to do in lockdown was to walk on a slack line. Do you know what a slack line is? No. No. So it's it's like a it's like a tightrope. Oh. Oh. And so uh, we bought this. In fact, it's not up at the minute. I was I, I would show you it, but it's um it's like a it's like a tightrope except it's made from webbing, so it's slightly fatter, it's slightly thicker. Um, and I did not like expect the, that answer. No, no, exactly. But we, um, we bought it randomly. A friend of ours mentioned they'd bought one and were having real fun with it in the garden. And, we, and as <laughs> everything was shutting down and we were doing that classic thing of, oh, let's buy some things to entertain the kids with, we, we bought a slack line online yeah, and it arrived. Line. I'd never, never, yeah, didn't know even what it was really. And we set up in the garden. And if there weren't YouTube videos, proving that people can walk on this thing, you would not believe it is possible. It is so hard. And um, you managed to do that? Uh, yeah, I can do it now. Yeah. Okay. But it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, I'll set up here in a minute. Maybe we'll, we'll, I'll go and show I, you. I will have to have a, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, The pressure will be on then. Uh, yeah. Um, but it was one of those things. And the reason why it was such a great thing to have is because it doesn't involve, there's no preamble, there's no setup, there's no phoning someone else to arrange anything. It's just like it was in the garden. If I was at my desk and just kind of wanted to clear my head for a minute, I could walk down here, walk into the garden and walk onto the slat line and have and, and try and do it. And it's one of those things where you, you can't really think about anything else because the, the key to it is all about kind of focusing your gaze on a point ahead right. of you and, and creating that balance and that inner kind of... This goes back the to like, Zen-like experience. Yeah. This, so. it, oh my gosh! This is the next level technique on uh, mental health. You know. Um, well, yeah. Well, you did ask, so there you go. That's my answer. Final I, answer. In, slack line. I did not expect that answer. I, I'm, I'm loving it. I love it. This is the. This is probably the. You know, creative mind. That's well, like, I, I don't know about that. I don't think so. many many people would bring that up as an example. <laughs> okay. But okay. Well, I highly recommend it. Yeah. You don't need. It's it's a very you know. It's a very 
low investment and it's a very easy thing to have. It doesn't need much space. Really. Did you fall so down? Many, 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 many times. Many times. You, like, okay. like it's a metaphor for life, the slack line is. You, you cannot possibly stay on that line without having fallen <laughs> off hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> this is how I've, I've lost track of my <laughs> questions after this. <laughs> this is brilliant. Um, okay, so going back and just wrapping this um, up a little bit. So I've got... Um, um, I've got five more blitz questions. So blitz just, questions. Yes. Yeah, so okay. this is like quick question, quick answer things. No. <laughs> um, so top book recommendation on mindset and success. Okay. Uh, um, okay. So I, I I don't necessarily read many kind of mindset books like that. Um, I. I will come back to answer that question. It's not a very quick answer. I appreciate this, but um, I, but I've read I read quite a lot of books that kind of open your mind to other things, and so I quite like books like that. So, yeah. for example, yeah. more recently I read. I, I, I figured um, you know you know a standard kind of like answer kind of guy. Well, okay, so, sorry. So that's um, a, that's a really good. Okay, I'm, so I'm for example, it. the most recent book I read. Uh, that was along these kind of lines that I'm thinking was something like, uh, what was it, Maria Konnikova, The Biggest Bluff, which is about a, a, uh, she's a Russian um, behavioural psychologist who taught herself play, yes. to play poker and enter the World Series poker competition in a year as a metaphor and a means of learning, understanding human behaviour in relation to luck and chance and, and things you can control. So this, it's all to do with how you, how you deal with things you can control and things you can't and how you deal with that in your mind. That's a really it. good example. But like, I know it, to actually come back and answer your question, the book I think that's probably had the most um, long lasting effect on me is a book I read many, many years ago, uh, which was, so it's a classic, so people, everyone will know this, but it's The, uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People Highly effective. by Stephen Covey. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's still some bits of that that I took away years ago and, and still practice on sort of the Covey matrix. So, yeah, exactly. the, that's yeah. It. yeah, the doing things that are important, uh, important but not urgent. You've yeah. read the book, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I still do that. I mean, I think possibly to the annoyance of Matt sometimes, but I will still find myself, you know, through a day, and it could be an example of anything. I mean, it could be if you've got a client presentation you have to do that day, you know, Matt will make a coffee and do the client presentation. Yeah. I will often like start doing the uh, working on the, you know, the, I've got, you know, in a couple of months time, we really need to be working on the, the, the brochure or something. So I'll be kind of like working on something to do with that. And so, because I know at the end of the day, that client presentation still has to be done. It's not like I'm going to get to the end of the day and that won't be done. It's just that if I do the client presentation first, then I'm done, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. will you then pick up and do those, do those things that aren't urgent, that don't have a deadline? And I think it's really effective. And, I, and that's, that actually plays into our home life as well quite a lot. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, it, and that's what you were saying about yourself and Matt being, you know, slightly different but mm. complementary. And, you know, going back to Covey Matrix, you seem to be um, both staying in one in important, non-urgent, another one in important, but mm. urgent. Mm. And both of those boxes are yeah. very efficient to deal. When going back to my finance career, that's how I used to um, manage my team. So Is our it? one-to-ones yeah, and yeah. Uh, team meetings where that they would put their 
um, tasks into each box. Okay, yeah, and that's yeah, how we would yeah. have a conversation about it. it. Just makes them classify them yeah, yeah, yeah. to what is non-urgent and not important. Mm. And those are usually being done quickly mm. because it's a quick win. Sure. And okay, that's that's, a, that's yeah, a very yeah, yeah. good. That's and I still, very I still good. love that. I mean, people like um, Malcolm um, Gladwell, good like the Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell, I'm and not things that like one. Larry Schwartz, um, what's it called, The Paradox of Choice, things like that that have like had big impacts on me, like Seth Godin, The Purple Cows. There's books like that that have kind of really informed or influenced, should I say, some big parts of the way I lead my life and the way that I run our business. And so. Yeah. This is big. This, yeah. this okay. is on mindset and success. Okay. I mean, well, it's yeah, it's a go. lot about mindset, mm. in fact. Yeah. But not necessarily, did not, I wouldn't class it as like a sort of, it's not like a self help book, is it? It's not like a book that's teaching you how no. to. Uh, but these are just, I think, you know, like the Freakonomics series I love. I and mean, like the podcast, the Freakonomics podcast is something I listen to a lot. And it's not really, it's not, it's not teaching you how to be a better person or to be the best you you can be, but it is certainly giving you a way of looking at the world through a different lens and that's the kind of thing that I like to yeah love it love it um household tasks you'd like to outsource (laughs) I don't know if I should be asking Natalie that (laughs) question any household tasks you'd like (laughs) there's Natalie Natalie just uh, (laughs) she just walked past um (laughs) (laughs) I look at this and just walking upstairs with the iron with the iron oh honey you can have done that better um (laughs) Perfect timing. I wish the camera was on you, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, um, um, so, any household tasks there? It's really funny, actually. Like, we, we're so aware of the. Uh, having two daughters as well, I, you know, we've we, we tried on many occasions to kind of address those kind of you know, stereotypical gender biased roles within the house, but we just, hands in the air, full confession, yeah. Just we've just we just do just it, and we've we've come to terms with it. We're at peace with it. It's just we do. Yeah. Have, we have perfectly slipped into those absolutely stereotypical gender roles. So yeah, um, nothing wrong about that. No, exactly. And it works for you too. That's it, all yeah, that matters. It does. I mean, I think um, uh, outsourcing tasks that's come up with one that I that I often end up doing that I hate doing. Cleaning the oven. There we go. Cleaning How the oven. That? Okay. Cleaning the oven. Oven clear. Oven You're looking cleaner. for one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Favorite meal of the day and why? Uh, I'm gonna go for. Do you love it all? Is that where I do love it all? But I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go for lunch. Lunch. I love a good lunch. Yeah. In fact, for. uh, Yeah. So it's a bit of. It's always a bit of a catchphrase in the office. Is it too early for lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Because by kind of eleven thirty, I'm always thinking. "Mm." And and you mentioned your French mother-in-law that actually creates Yeah, you know, and when you're on holiday, you know, and we go to France a lot, well, normally we'd be going to France a lot, you know, and actually when you're you're actually relaxing, you're not working, you're on a holiday and you have a nice meal and it is, you know, that we would have a starter and a main course and 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 something for dessert or some cheese or something. And maybe a glass or two of wine, and then you kind of finish lunch, and there's nothing else to do other than have a snooze. I mean, that's bliss, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then you wake up from that snooze, and then you start thinking about the next meal. And it's just from one meal <laughs> from to the one, next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, top choice for celebrity house guest, apart from Vandal Castle. <laughs> <laughs> 
it can it can be historical figures it could be um oh wow okay um if i said someone like um ron arad would that be too contrived i think someone like that i think we work working in industry and kind of um wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily call him a celebrity maybe um yeah but they're just so influential on the stuff that i've done yeah yeah that because i'm not really a celebrity person i must confess I, Mm. i i'm not a big follower of pop music or movie stars. Yeah, celebrities and come in so, many shapes yeah, and forms. Exactly. They're not necessarily so, a TV kind of personality. No. But, um, you know, yeah, no, design, designers um, are just as, as much of celebrities. Yeah, as I, I suppose maybe a comedian, someone like sort of, I don't know, Greg Davies or someone could be good fun <laughs> to have around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. good fun. Yeah. <laughs> and your dream house and location. Does this have to be a real house? <laughs> it can be anything you want. You know, there are no boundaries. No, okay. for, with, um... yeah. A little torn here because I have, so in terms of location, I have two sort of passions of places to be. So I grew up by the sea and I have, the sea is kind of in my blood. And uh, so that would be, you know, on a, on a, a beautiful house overlooking the kind of the ocean in Cornwall or somewhere or in the, on okay. the south of France would be, yeah, absolutely ideal. And the thing is, I'm very open to anything. So I, I look at like a little Cornish fishing hut with the same oh, adoration yeah. as I would look at like a kind of big, beautiful, kind of modern uh, architectural, grand design, yeah, grand design type thing on the on the on the, on the, yeah, the French Riviera or something. So I'm really going to be hard for you to pin me down on something like that because I also love the mountains. And so yeah, you could easily have me in a. In some kind of like chalet near a ski resort or something like that. But I think if I absolutely had to choose, I think I would probably go for the, yeah, the, 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 the right now, as we sit here today, the Cornish seaside, Cornish seaside, uh, Cornish seaside house. I mean, obviously it would have to have enough room for some surfboards and some toys and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's probably where we're at. And the inside would obviously have to be beautifully functional and eclectic, but yeah. Amazing. <laughs> this is it from me. Okay. So, right. um, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic to get to know you. Thanks you for opening up the doors of your house right. and, and your life behind the closed doors mm. and uh, it's um, it, it's been um, very educational for me I was very interested to see um, what your house is going to look like <laughs> what your routines are like and uh, um, it just underlines that it's, it's, it's all very normal and uh, you can be um, it's, it's not like I didn't think it's not going to be abnormal live in a hole somewhere you know there are elements of quirkiness and mm. um, your creativity and uh, the, the architectural thought that went into into the house and mm. I was very curious to see how um, it would manifest mm. and uh, I'm impressed I'm not disappointed at all so thank you for your thank time you for so Miles thank you no very much You're very <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beehive Household Podcast Please don't forget to like, leave your review and share with your friends and family. For more information on the design services we offer, visit our website www.natalialloydinteriors.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook under Natalia Lloyd Interiors as well as LinkedIn. Bye now till the next episode. Look after yourselves and your loved ones.